4: And uh, by the grace of God, I am back into the studio here in the uh, Houston, Texas, praise be to Jesus, broadcasting across the Guadalupe Radio Network and the Station of the Cross. And it is so good to be back in the saddle and to be with you. We have a great show lined up for you today. In fact, we're going to be covering a story we've talked about in the past, and that's about the Navy SEALs who are suing the Biden administration over the lack of religious exemption toleration in the U.S. Navy at the moment. Uh, Many, many of the SEAL community are really just taking a stand against these mandated vaccines. This could mean the end of their career, but it's worse than that, actually. Uh, They could lose benefits. They could lose all kinds of things. And uh, they have hired uh, the First Liberty Institute, Michael Berry, General Counsel, is going to be our guest at 35 past the hour to tell us where that's at right now Uh, what is the latest uh, on that information so that's coming up again at 35 past the hour at 15 past we have some stories that are of concern to me as i like to say as well as to many others plus i want to catch up with you about my trip to baltimore and uh, the the men's march there we covered a little bit of that yesterday praise be to jesus but um i want to talk about whether or not we covered what happened in baltimore there's people are asking us joe why have you not covered what's going on in baltimore and i'm scratching my head over that question so uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that and the what's concerning us so a lot to dive into today praise be to god hopefully you can join us for all or part of that plus we have the next hour for those of you that can we will have fun with our fear and trembling game show all that coming up today on catholic drive time speaking of coverage adrian fonseca is here on the ones and twos good morning to adrian Good morning, good morning, it's
3: good to be here. Is it? It is, praise be to God. In spite of it all? In spite of it all, it's good to be here, praise be to God. And you know, I gotta say though, even though it's good to be here, uh-huh. uh huh, I cannot have any more parties now that you're back. He w- I, just, I was throwing ragers at the studio. <laughs> What's a rager, by the way? I actually don't know.
4: <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I mean, we're nice having, try, we're, we're having
3: We're having mosh pits in, yeah. the, in the studio. Have you ever even been in a mosh pit? I have never been to a concert before. <laughs> Unless you count a sacred music concert or <laughs> you, a... You once sang with a TFP. Yeah, does that count as a concert? Uh, totally. If that counts as totally. a concert, then I've been to a concert. Uh, I you- I protested outside of concerts <laughs> with the TFP. <laughs> but I am a very boring person. <laughs> I... <I'm, laughs> I feel like the the
4: show is now taking a turn.
3: <laughs> We've changed subjects all of a sudden. And uh, but hey, Joe, I'm just saying I don't I don't want to alarm anyone. But no one, nobody. I don't want to alarm okay. anyone. But um, is this show going to have to be taken off of YouTube afterwards? Why? Because what have uh, I done now? Talking about the vaccines and the Navy SEALs. Uh, well, I'm just reporting.
4: I'm uh, just reporting what the what the attorney is going to be reporting about religious exemptions or the lack thereof in the U.S. military. Uh, so we're going to have that conversation. It's it's startling. I have friends who are just beside themselves because they're looking at having to be separated from the military uh, over this issue because they refuse to get the the mandated. Um, jab, so we're going to have a conversation with Michael Berry around that. It's going to be very, very interesting, so lots to cover today. Praise be to God. It's going to be a good show. By the way, how did Dave Palmer do yesterday?
3: Oh, Dave did great. Uh, he was wonderful. He's so positive. He was. Uh, he shared a great... Uh, people who missed the after show at the 7.30 uh, and on our social media platforms missed a great story that he shared about a saint's life that I had never heard of. I had to go really? back and, and go and look the saint back up again because I'm already cool forgetting, forgetting her name. And he did a great job with the game show, and so we did. We had a lot of fun, and the guests learned a lot, so it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Praise be to God. Well, God is so very good. Thank you, Dave Palmer, for filling
4: in for me as I was trying to rush to the airport yesterday. Talk about rush. I had to make a connection in Chicago. Have you ever flown through Chicago here? I have. I have. Uh, why is it when you, when you make connections there, you start on one side of the city, and then your connecting flight is on the opposite side of the city, or at least it feels that way? I I almost went to the wrong airport. I literally had to run from my one gate to the next gate. I mean, it was like crazy to try to get on my connection yesterday. But by the grace of God, I am here. So praise be to Jesus for that. In spite of it all. In spite of it all. All right. I also want to give a big shout out to Sci-Fi Mike who watches us on our Odyssey live video stream. Got to hang out with Sci-Fi Mike in Baltimore, really enjoyed meeting him, praise be to Jesus, as well as many other listeners, uh, Jim Wright from the Station of the Cross, and Zachary from the Station of the Cross, and, and Michael from the Station of the Cross. I mean, just, I really enjoyed meeting so many people who are listening to Catholic Drive Time. Thank you for doing that, by the way. We are very, uh, very, very grateful. Let's, uh, let's pray, let's dive in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O oh, most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known. That anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother, to thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines. The Associated Press reports Slovakia, like Austria, is planning new restrictions on unvaccinated people in an effort to tame the latest surge of coronavirus infections that has caused a, quote, critical, unquote, situation in the country's hospitals, according to the prime minister. Insider reports the United Nations Uh, Responded to Elon Musk's challenge to prove how his wealth could tackle world hunger by revealing a $6.6 billion plan. Elon Musk recently dared the UN to show him how $6 billion of his wealth could address world hunger. On Monday, the UN got back to him with a plan. The UN's food assistance branch, the World Food Program, laid out how it believed $6.6 billion in funding could prevent 42 million people from across 43 countries from starving in 2022. The head of the WFP, David Beasley, called out Musk, the world's richest person by far, in a tweet announcing the proposal. Daily Wire reports the FBI counter-terror terrorism unit is tracking threats against school officials, school boards and whistleblowers, according to uh, documentation. House Judiciary Committee Republicans led by the committee's ranking member, Rep. Jim Jordan, released a whistleblower email on Tuesday showing that the FBI is using counterterrorism tools to track threats against school officials. An email sent on behalf of the assistant directors of the FBI's counterterrorism and criminal division states, quote, as a result, the counterterrorism and criminal divisions created a threat tag at edu officials to track instances of related threats we ask that uh, your offices apply the threat tag to investigations and assessments of threats specifically directed against school board administrators board members teachers and staff unquote The goes on to say the purpose of the threat tag is to help help the scope uh, on a national level and provide opportunity for comprehensive analysis of the threat picture for effective engagement with law enforcement partners at all levels. The email encourages agents to look for, quote, federal nexus, unquote, in each case and says agents look out for any potential federal violations that can be investigated and charged. Looks like they have a mission and an agenda there. Epic Times reports stop murdering for organs according to an NBA player telling Beijing to end forced organ harvesting. Boston Celtics player Ennis Kanter on November the 16th slammed Beijing for its industry-scale killing of prisoners of conscience for their organs, doubling down on his social media crusade against the regime over its wide-ranging human rights abuses. Quote, Stop murdering for organs. It's a crime against humanity, the Turkish player wrote in a post that appeared on his Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Kanter's post Included graphic photos of a new pair of customized sneakers conveying the same messages. Uh, detailed allegations go back to 2006 of Beijing's regime uh, efforts to uh, harvest organs from living prisoners. Yahoo reports, global wealth surges as China overtakes the U.S. to grab the top spot. Global wealth tripled over the last two decades, with China leading the way and overtaking the U.S. for the top spot worldwide. That's one of the key takeaways from a new report by the research arm of consultants McKinsey & Company that examines the national balance sheets of 10 countries representing more than 60% of world income. Net worth worldwide rose to 500 $114 trillion in 2020. Uh, that's up from $156 trillion in 2000. And uh, China accounted for almost one-third of the increase. Its wealth skyrocketed to $120 trillion from a mere $7 trillion back in 2000. USA is coming in in second place with a distant third-place tie for Germany and France.
3: And those are your headline news. The same of the day is saint gregory thamunturgus hope i said that right he was born in 213 and gregory was a of a distinguished pagan family they met origin and entered his school at caesarea and studied theology and converted to christianity by origin and they became his disciples gregory returned home intending to practice law but was elected bishop by the 17 christians of the city maybe that's the way we should do things again It soon became apparent that he was gifted with remarkable powers. He preached eloquently and made so many converts that he was able to build a church and soon was so renowned for his miracles that he was surnamed Thumanturgus, which means Wonder Worker. He was a much sought after arbiter for his wisdom and legal knowledge and ability to advise his flock. And he advised them to go into hiding when the diocese persecution of the Christians broke out in 250. And fled to the desert with his deacon. On his return, he ministered to his flock when plague struck his sea and when the Goths devastated Pontius. He participated in the Synod of Antioch in two sixty four to two sixty five against the Samosta and fought against Sabellianism and Tritheism. It is reported that at his death in Neo Caesarea, only seventeen unbelievers were left in the city. He is invoked against floods and earthquakes, and at one time he reportedly stopped the flooding of Lysis, and at another he moved a mountain. According to Gregory of Nyssa, Gregory Thumonturgus experienced a vision of Our Lady and the first such recorded vision. He died in 270. St. Gregory Thumonturgus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke
4: chapter 6, verses 27 through 38. But I say to you that here, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To him who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your coat as well. Give to everyone who begs from you. And of him who takes away your goods, do not ask them again. And as you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you have hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and to the selfish. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give And it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The Gospel of the
5: lord
4: praise to you lord jesus christ the venerable bead said having spoken above of what they might suffer from their enemies he now points out how they ought to conduct themselves toward their enemies and i like the fact that he points out what they might suffer because the opportunity to offer suffering comes with redemption and grace the opportunity to suffer, to take the higher road, to be virtuous, to not return evil for evil. When, when uh, David had to flee his throne because his own son was rebelling against him, he made the sorrowful pass through the Kidron Valley in his own night of sorrow. And when someone was reviling him, his own guards wanted to lop off their head. And he's like, no, don't do it. We shall not return evil for evil. There is much wisdom in that. Today we can offer suffering for even our enemies. It may be the one thing that moves their heart the most. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Got the Drive Timer is coming up
3: after this break. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Timer Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic drive time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro life organizations, offering their clients a faith based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
0: Often, when confronted with the apostles' claim that Jesus rose from the dead, people ask if they made it up. And it's a reasonable question. So, did they? I don't think so, and here are a few reasons why. First, the early Christians had nothing to gain and everything to lose in lying about Jesus' resurrection, which makes their testimony credible. As Paul argues in 1 Corinthians 15, the only outcome for him lying is persecution and death. How does that serve as motivation for a lie? Second, the Gospel writers include women as the first witnesses. This is a big no-no if you're trying to fabricate a story in 1st century Judaism. According to the 1st century Jewish historian Josephus, the testimony of women wasn't considered reliable at the time. So, there's one thing we can be certain of. The apostles weren't lying about Jesus' resurrection. I'm Carlo Hord with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
4: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, uh, General Counsel for First Liberty, Michael Berry, is going to be our guest. Uh, We're going to be talking about his uh, clients. He's representing, I think it's like 40 U.S. Navy SEALs who have sued the Biden administration uh, over the religious exemptions to the mandates. Uh, The the military is basically, especially the Navy, has said 100% vaccinated. And from my understanding, they haven't given out a single religious exemption, not a single one. And so we're going to have a conversation around that, at 35 past the hour with Michael Berry from First Liberty. Uh, but there are a few stories, as I say, that are of concern to me, and I'm sure they are for you as well, to include not only the Pillars report about uh, the number of Catholics that believe in what the Church teaches about The Body, Blood, Soul, and Divinity of Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. There's that story, uh, which I think is providential that it came out just before the bishops were meeting in Baltimore. But I also want to talk briefly about Baltimore itself. You know, yesterday we received a phone call uh, here at the Guadalupe Radio Network asking us why we did not cover the case between St. Michael's Media and the city of Baltimore and how they won their lawsuit. Why we did not cover the fact that they were meeting there and having a rally in front of the bishops uh, hotel? Uh, Why we didn't cover the stories uh, that were of uh, of concern or controversy surrounding the bishops' holy communion um, support for pro-choice Catholic politicians like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi? You know, and I just was I marveled at that. I'm like, what do you mean we didn't cover it? I'm. I'm just curious because, one, I did report the fact that St. Michael won their lawsuit. I reported it in my newscast when it happened. Um, Number two, I interviewed Christine Niles from Church Millennium more than once and actually promoted their their website registration process for that event. Uh, Number three, I, I talked extensively about the the issues that are at stake amongst uh, whether it's Holy Communion or uh, abortion with pro-choice Catholics or corruption, financial, moral, otherwise, the LGBTQ problems we're facing within the church, the pedophiles, the pedestry of priests being arrested and accused. I've covered those stories uh, more than once extensively, I would say. And then, of course, um, I happened to be in Baltimore over the last couple of days. I actually spoke in front of Planned Parenthood at the men's march, and then rallied to the hotel and the location and sat there for two hours uh, with all of these men, incredible men, giving their testimony. And I reported live from the location mentioning the rally of Church Militants rally for the next day as well. And then, of course, I interviewed Michael Hitchborn and David O'Gray on yesterday's program, which both spoke at at that rally yesterday. So, I don't know. Adrian, what do you think?
3: Did we cover that or or no? You know, I have to admit, I don't really watch our show. <laughs> uh, but I think we, we, t- we hit on that topic enough times that I do, in fact, remember us talking about it. And I specifically, you know, maybe this is ha- what happened. Uh, when, whenever we were talking to Christine about it a couple weeks ago, uh, her internet was very bad. And she was breaking in and out the whole time. And so maybe that was what happened, just trying to give, you I know, guess my point of the doubt. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely at Christy and I, was, we specifically, I know we directly asked, hey, what's the case with your, with the Baltimore status? And then she tried, <laughs> went into what happened there. So we, we explicitly talked about the Baltimore status. And then, of course, the men's march. Um, but that's a, that's a different thing happening at the same place, same time, coincidentally. But um, but with yeah, the same we, mission, the same mission, of course, and yeah. So I mean, we definitely talked about it, and it's a serious issue, and I think we should talk about it. And I think actually the the church militant case with Baltimore is actually incredibly significant in like even outside of Catholic circles, because from my understanding, this is like the largest um, freedom of religion case. Mm-hmm. that we've had in, uh, in a long time that went through and then got shot down by the court as in like in favor of freedom of religion. So it's actually very, very impactful. Um, and so that we did talk about it and a lot of outlets are talking about it.
4: I guess my point to bringing this up is, um, you know, it's interesting when when people call and lodge complaints, a lot of times they're not even listening to the show on a regular basis. They're not, or or programming on Catholic Radio in general on a regular basis. So they really don't know what's being covered or what is covered and uh, they hear something from someone else and then they just make assumptions that, oh nobody else is talking about this. But that is not actually the case. There are lots of people talking about this, and praise be to God for it. Uh, we should be talking about this. I was very happy and proud to be a part of the men's march that spoke uh, right in front of that hotel and, uh, and encouraged the bishops to to be more faithful to Holy Mother Church, to her teaching for charity to souls. I mean, the gospel today talks about forgiveness uh, to your enemies, to be long-suffering to those that would persecute you. And I'm fairly sure David O'Gray talked about it as well. Yeah, yay and, yay and amen. So, uh, I want to play for you a clip uh, a very short clip of uh, i had an opportunity to talk to jim havens now we had him on the program as well last week he was one of the uh the, one of the guys that put this together and we had a chance to say hey how do you feel i mean now that the event is taking place uh what are your thoughts and so let's go ahead and roll that and uh we'll catch up after so we are live here at the men's rally to uh, the men's march to stop abortion. And Jim Haven's is the, one of the co-directors to this. Jim is with the Simple Truth on Station of the Cross, 4 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Jim,
3: what a great event! Mm. Praise God! Yep, it's uh, all His doing. So we're just trying to be faithful. But yes, men uh, stepped up; they showed up, and uh, it's a, each and every one of them great blessing
2: to have them here.
4: Now we did. You got you just force marched us like three, four miles or something. Like I, I haven't had uh, that much exercise since boot camp. All right. So, but what's going to happen right now?
2: Yes, we're going to hear
3: from some speakers uh, right now. We're going to hear from Walter Hoy actually, and then uh, then we're going to pray the Rosary. It's going to be led by um, Bishop Strickland. is going to lead us in the the first mystery at least, and then hopefully some other bishops will be joining us as well
4: you must be pretty pleased with this
3: turnout very pleased again just wanting to be faithful to whatever the lord has planned and uh yeah i was hoping that he had planned a good turnout and i think uh yeah some men responded to the grace the opportunity and they they showed up so to each and every man who showed up here today i want to say thank you
4: all right praise be to jesus jim god bless you again thank you for letting me come
2: yeah thank you all
3: right
4: Could you do me a favor? If anybody ever comes up to you and says, hey, why doesn't Catholic Radio and nobody else is reporting these things? Can you say, wait, hold on. I I listen to Catholic Drive Time, and uh, they talk about this stuff all the time. And we're not the only ones. There are many people who do it. Praise be to God. Uh, We need more, not not less. And we're very grateful to those that do. Um, But just, I guess it kind of rubbed me a little bit in the wrong direction because we are covering these stories because we feel very passionate about about these topics and want to uh, defend the flame of awareness. So uh, at any rate, there's that. The Baltimore was an incredible opportunity. I really enjoyed being there, especially among the men. Uh, very inspirational. When I gave my talk in front of Planned Parenthood, there were, you know, if you ever pray in front of a Planned Parenthood, and mo- many of you do, or on a regular basis, you know, you get crazy people sometimes walking around. Well, one of the crazy people was the actual escort for Planned Parenthood. Uh, she would walk up and down the sidewalk trying to intimidate the guys, and one of the things she was doing was she was singing inappropriate lyrics. Uh, and she would, and then some men brought their sons to this rally, and then she would try to encourage this the, these young men to look into contraception. So very, you know, it's very just... Um, inappropriate, sure,
3: but it's even worse than that, in my opinion. I would say it's even diabolical. Don't, you should mention about the, the fact that you were uh, giving this talk and there was a certain bishop kneeling down I know, uh, praying I while you're doing, doing that.
4: That's what I was going to say next. So Bishop Strickland came to the actual Planned Parenthood component of this rally, which was excellent, by the way. Uh, We were very blessed at this men's march to not only have Bishop Strickland, but we had actually three or four bishops come be a part of it. Uh, Very, very good. But Bishop Strickland was there from the beginning. He actually opened us up in prayer, and then he kneeled to pray his rosary while uh, I was giving my testimony talk, and uh, James, the other gentleman, gave his testimony talk. And let me tell you, uh, my talk focused on the fatherhood aspect of this, my own experience in abortion, being post-abortive, and then, of course, uh, my seeking for my father's affirmations. So that father wound was a, uh, a big thing. I produced a documentary film on that very subject, as you know. And But I also pointed out, we talked about how the, the shepherds of our church can often let us down. And there's a father wound there, too. And fathers have a unique, unique opportunity to make or break families. It's true in my house. It's true in every house around the world, no matter what. Fathers can make or break families well that 's also true in chanceries around the world and in the Vatican. The fathers of our the bishops they can make or break families. The power to do so is incredible it 's immense it's, I would argue that Lord, what are you doing? Why are you giving us so much uh, authority so much so much room to move here? Um, but the Lord in his wisdom and kindness, has entrusted us with uh, a mighty power as fathers and when bishops failed to take up that responsible or, uh, that task responsibly, bad things happen, and we're seeing that. And I said that in front of Bishop Strickland, in front of those men there. I actually felt a little uh, awkward saying that. I'm going to be frank with you, and I, say, I even asked him to, to forgive me for doing it. And he, he was so gracious and so kind and so good. I thanked him at the end of that rally for being there to witness. I told him how important it was to you. To know that he, as a bishop, did not shirk his responsibility to stand there, to not hide behind his his PR people, his communications director, or hide in the hotel itself, but to be there, to stand there, and to be among the men. And he, did, Bishop Strickland's so great in the sense that you could ask him any question you want, and he... He never asks you to like not ask him questions. I, I've interviewed several bishops, cardinals, papal nuncios. I, I've interviewed a lot of people in my life, and most of them want the questions ahead of time, <laughs> you know, pre-approved, and you don't deviate from the list. Bishop Strickland has never, ever required that of me. Every time I've ever interviewed him or talked to him, you can literally talk to him about anything you want. It's all open to discussion because... He has nothing to run for, from or hide from or be afraid of. And it's very inspirational. And the other bishops were very good, too. Um, praise be to God. I don't want to not give them praise as well. So the entire event that I was a part of was phenomenal. I could not stay for the Church Militant Rally. I had to get on an airplane and leave, so I couldn't stay for that. But I'd say we covered it. I'd say we covered it. And we're grateful that people were rallying there and were, pro, were there to not just protest, but really to be a witness. And to pray, to fast, to do penance. And the men's march had that significant component to it that I really, really liked. It was to pray, to fast, and do penance for not only the abortion that was going on at Planned Parenthood's clinic that day, but also for the bishops. We made that a specific component to the whole event. To pray and to fast for the bishops. Because that is what we're called to. That is what Our Lady asked us to do in 1917, and that is our mission, to pray. And it's the one thing all of us can do, right? We don't need the Pope to tell us to pray fast and do penance. We don't need our bishops. We don't even need our local pastors to do that. We already know automatically these tools are in our toolbox. These are at our disposal, and heaven desires it of us that we can pray, we can fast, and to to do penance. Can we control what, what the Pope does or doesn't do? Nope, we have no control over that. We can't control what goes down in the chancery down the street from us or what the parish priest does. We have no control over that. We can't even control what our neighbor does next to us, but we can control ourselves. We can pray, we can fast, we can do penance, we can forgive, we can forgive. And I think that's that gospel message today. So I wanted to bring that up. It is of concern to me, and I'm sure it's of concern to other people. So if anybody ever asks you, hey, why doesn't Catholic Radio talk about this? You tell them, they do. I listen to it all the time on Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. And maybe tomorrow I'll tell you the story of how Gabriel Casillo called me a Catholic Karen. I'm just teasing. Great story there. We'll catch up with that in the after show. But we'll be right back. More breaking news and stories are coming
5: up next Most of us can recall a childhood memory of innocence and a peace that only comes from God. Yet with our busy schedules today, many families don't attend church weekly or spend much time teaching their children about God. So many families now are burdened by financial and family challenges, substance abuse, and other worries. But there is hope. Studies show that people who pray regularly and practice their Christian faith are less stressed, financially stable, more compassionate, optimistic, healthier, and happier. Experience a positive difference in your life and for your family by coming home to your parish. Learn more by visiting CatholicsComeHome.org today. Here you may find answers to your questions and discover how Jesus and the sacraments will bless your family. There's no pressure or risk. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. Visit catholicscomehome.org today.
3: Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time,
4: keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain, and here are your breaking news. The Daily Caller reports 12 additional U.S. states announced Monday that they are suing the Biden administration to block the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers, arguing the mandate is unconstitutional and violates several federal laws. They join, I think, some 27 other states in the process. The Navy Times is reporting sailors who refuse the COVID-19 vaccine face these administrative actions as well as separation. Sailors who reject the vaccine and do not have a pending or approved exemption request could lose out on education benefits, promotions and bonus pay, according to a Navy administrative message released November the 15th. Sailors who are denied an administrative exemption, such as a religious waiver or a medical exemption, have five days afterward to take initial steps toward becoming fully vaccinated or the Navy will start the separation process, according to the message. Sailors rejecting the COVID-19 vaccine are not eligible to re-enlist or extend their enlistment. Commanders must cancel extension agreements. The guidance also instructs commanders to delay the promotions of officers and to withhold advancements for enlisted personnel rejecting the jab. Additionally, sailors who reject the vaccine have new limitations on bonus and incentive pay. The Epic Times is reporting the CDC has no record of naturally immune people transmitting COVID 19. Hmm. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says that it has no record of people who are naturally immune to and transmitting the virus that causes COVID 19. In the fall, the CDC received a request from an attorney on behalf of the Informed Consent Action Network for documents, quote, reflecting any documented case of an individual who, number one, never received received a COVID-19 vaccine, number two, was infected with COVID-19 once, recovered and then became infected again, and number three, transmitted SARS-CoV-2 to another person when reinfected, unquote. In a response dated November the 5th and made public recently, the CDC said it doesn't have any documents pertaining to this request. The CDC confirmed to the Epic Times that its emergency operations center didn't find a single record responsive to these criteria. The CDC disclosure drew responses from several medical experts, including John Hopkins, Dr. Marty Makari, who said it underlined how little data the agency has released concerning the recovered. Macari called on the CDC to make data on any reinfections that have resulted in hospitalizations or death public, including information on the patient's comorbidities or the lack thereof. The Hill is reporting the U.S. is moving forward with stealth fighter sales to the UAE, officials say. The United States is moving forward with a $23 billion sale of 50 F-35 stealth fighter jets to the United Arab Emirates, a State Department official said on Tuesday. The $23.4 billion deal was officially approved in November 2020, several months after Abu Dhabi signed on to the the Abraham Accords, the Trump-era agreement that normalized relationships between the UAE, Israel, and Bahrain. In addition to the 50 F-35 Lightning II aircraft, which have an estimated $10.4 billion value, the deal also includes up to 18 MQ-9B drones valued at $2.97 billion and a package of air-to-air and air-to-ground munitions worth $10 billion. President Biden temporarily froze the deal in late January, but later decided in April that the sale will move forward because it would be years before the weapons were delivered, allowing enough time to address outstanding concerns. Those are your headline news. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, joining us right now via the phone is General Counsel for First Liberty, Michael Berry. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Semper Fi. Thank you for
2: your service. Well, Simplify. Happy belated birthday.
4: Yeah, praise be to Jesus Christ. Uh, now, I also understand you are a graduate from Texas A&M as well. Uh, that is correct. Gagum. Gagum. That's going to upset a few people in our audience, but that's okay. <laughs> God is so very good. All right. So the story is that the uh, and we reported on this before, but uh, there are uh, many in the military who are facing uh, some of these punitive uh, actions against them because they're not wanting to. Go along with this mandate in the in the in the military, specifically in the U.S. Navy. There, the, the naval seal community has been very vocal about their opposition to being forced to be uh, jabbed, in spite of it all. And Michael Berry, general counsel for First Liberty Institute, is representing, I think, at least forty of them. Mike, can you tell us what's the story?
2: Yeah, well, just uh, a few days ago, First Liberty Institute filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration and the Department of Defense on behalf of nearly three dozen Navy SEALs who have sincere religious objections to the vaccine, um, but the Navy has refused to grant any religious exemptions or religious accommodations from the vaccine. Uh, Meanwhile, the Navy uh, continues to publicly brag about the fact that it's granted medical exemptions, it's granted administrative exemptions, but that it has not granted a single religious exemption since the year 2015, Um, and it doesn't intend to do so anytime in the near future. I mean, that's the textbook definition of religious discrimination, and in this country, that's unconstitutional, and it's got to stop.
4: I remember when I went to boot camp uh, for the Marine Corps, um, I stood in a line, I had... You know, corpsmen on both sides of me shooting me up with all kinds of stuff. I had no idea what they were putting into me. I frankly didn't ask the question either. And I I wonder if I had whether or not I'd be given an option at all. Even back in those days, isn't that just the way it is in the military? I mean, one of our favorite sayings when I was in the Corps, USMC, you signed the mother bleeping contract. I mean, Jarhead said that all the time. Uh, Don't you just give up your your freedoms, your liberties, when you become when you raise your right hand and swear that oath to defend the Constitution?
2: No, absolutely not. I mean, you mentioned the the I I think there were uh, 17 mandatory vaccines, all right, for the military. And I think COVID became the 18th. Um, What a lot of people, you you and me both didn't realize is that uh, those those have informed consent provisions. Right. That you have a right to actually say, I mean, mean, let's just let's just use a a worst case scenario. What if you actually had a medical um, uh, allergic reaction to one of those vaccines? That was known, um, but the Marine Corps just said, doesn't matter, get in line, roll up your sleeve, and you did that, and you ended up suffering a, 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 an adverse reaction that left you paralyzed that, or, or worse, right, that, that ended up um, causing you to die. Um, is the Marine Corps just going to say, well, you signed the contract? No, there's actually laws that say, um, you know what, if somebody has what's called a medical contraindication, you have to give them a medical exemption. Uh, from the vaccine and that I mean obviously from a medical standpoint we understand that well guess what under the constitution under federal law and even under DOD regulations we don't treat people's religious beliefs less favorably uh, than we do uh, medical decisions right religion is not a second class status in this country it might be in other countries but in the United States our nation was founded on religious freedom and when you join the military you give up some of your freedoms and some of your rights but you don't give up your religious freedom uh, no law and no court has ever said that
4: no, I know that there are many members of the military, not just in the naval seal community, who are in the same situation i have I know personally people who are um, Navy pilots, for instance, that are, they don't know what they're going to do. This is like, this is earth-shattering to them to think that they may lose their opportunity at completing a career that they had so much, uh, so long for dreamed of. And yet the SEALs are kind of leading the way. Why, why, why is that? Why do we are using the SEAL case to sort of spearhead this effort to win the freedom for all?
2: Well, I mean, our Navy SEALs are the the tip of the spear, right? Um, And, uh, these, these are, these are incredibly brave, uh, warriors. And when they go through uh SEALS training, which is, you know, everybody knows it as BUDS, um, BUDS is actually just one component of the training that they go through, but, it, but it's probably the most famous part. Um, you know, the, 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 famously, legendarily, uh, to get through BUDS, there's only one requirement and that is just don't quit, <laughs> yes. you know, just, just don't go ring the bell. And, you know, if, if you want to make the pain stop, just go ring the bell. And, and you're done, and you can quit. Well, that's sort of analogous to what the Navy is doing here to them. All the things that we've talked about that the Navy's doing, attacking them for their faith, uh, uh, targeting their families, targeting their finances, targeting their futures, right? The, the ability to make a livelihood. And the Navy is basically saying, all you have to do to make all that pain go away is just roll up your sleeve and get the jab. And these guys are like, well, you trained us to never quit, to, mm-hmm. never, to never compromise our values, our principles, the, the things that we believe are right versus wrong, um, and now the Navy is trying to do that to them, and they're like, "Well, guess what? Uh, everything you trained us to do, everything that, that, that makes us Navy SEALs, uh, that's what we're standing on now." And and so, at First Liberty Institute, we're we're proud to stand with them. You know, I mean, th- these are these are uh, three dozen of the nation's uh, finest warriors. They're supposed to be fighting for our freedoms. You know, they're supposed to be fighting for our national security. Right now, they're just fighting for their careers and their livelihoods, uh, and that's a shame. But we're proud to stand with them. Uh, we're asking people to go to FirstLiberty.org. There's a petition there um, where you can sign. Because, of course, because of their confidential, uh, the na- confidential nature of their identities and their missions, we can't. You know, their, their names aren't public, where they're located isn't public, so they don't really have a voice, right? I mean, and and so we need Americans to step forward and say, we've got your back. We support you. We're with you. Uh, and I want to be clear on this. This is not challenging the the vaccine mandate itself, right? This is not challenging the authority of the Department of Defense to say you should have this vaccine. What we're saying is if you're gonna issue an order or a directive or a vaccine mandate, follow the law. The law allows for religious accommodations. Why are you granting medical accommodate exemptions, uh, administrative exemptions, but then you're turning a completely blind eye and saying, nope, we're not granting a single religious exemption. That's wrong. That's unconstitutional.
4: Hold that thought, Michael Berry, General Counsel of First Liberty. The website is firstliberty.org. Encourage everyone to read uh, and sign that petition of support. But we're going to continue our conversation after this very short break. So don't go anywhere. More on this story with Michael Berry from First Liberty coming up in just a moment. We'll be right back.
1: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard it said that the church has been weak and ineffective? Well, G.K. Chesterton says the church has been so powerful and effective that it colored even the things it had not hoped to influence and changed its enemies as well as its friends. It affects everything it touches. It inspires a life-changing love from its friends and a self-destructive hatred from its enemies. Its enemies will do everything to destroy it, and they end up destroying everything except the church. The Catholic Church says Chesterton has endured for 2,000 years, and the world within the Church has been more lucid, more level-headed, more reasonable in its hopes, more healthy in its instincts, more humorous and cheerful in the face of fate and death than all the world outside. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org
4: be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McCline. So good to be on with you. Uh, General Counsel from First Liberty Institute, Michael Berry is our guest. The website is firstliberty.org. There is a petition there that you could sign to support the cause of these Navy SEALs and other members of the military who are fighting for their religious liberties exemptions. Um, Michael, welcome back to the program. I wanted to ask that, you know, um, Navy SEALs, special operators, special forces, Delta Force, Rangers, these guys, they tend to be the most deployed elements in our military over the last 20 years. Um, Think about the stress that has on family life. We've asked, since 9-11, we have asked a lot from this community, and they have given us a tremendous amount, blood, sweat, and tears, literally. Um, And last year, in 2020, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't stop doing their mission, right? I mean they, they didn't have a vaccine and they still had to face the threat of, of sickness as well as the enemy and they still did their mission, correct?
2: Yeah, it's a great point. That's exactly right. You know, and that's one of the questions that we immediately came up with was um, the Navy was saying that if you haven't had the vaccine, you're now you're no longer able to accomplish the mission and you must be kicked out, right? It's get the vax or get the axe. And that was sort of the immediate head scratch here was, well, what did we do for the 18 months or so, um, you know, starting in, in, in roughly March of 2020 until, until August of 2021, when the vaccine finally came, became available? Was our nation somehow vulnerable to attack? I mean, were we, were, did, were we not able to accomplish the mission? And of course, the Navy says, no, no, you know, we, you know, we proudly accomplished the mission during those months. You know, we we, uh, we fought through all the adversity, and, the, and, and, the, you know, and it's just like, well, then let us continue doing that. Especially, and this is another point that I think is important to make, especially for the, the SEALs and, and everybody else in the military who already has demonstrated natural immunity. Mm. Why is the DOD turning a blind eye to accepted medical science, right? We keep hearing this, you know, uh, and, you know don't be anti-science, trust the science. Well. I mean, that's been accepted medical science for, for, for decades, is that if you have natural immunity, then that is sufficient, but in many times is superior to the vaccine, right? And so, yeah. I mean, and look at all the other vaccines that are mandatory, where if you already have natural immunity, you don't have to get the vaccine. That could be, you know, chickenpox, mumps, measles, et cetera. Right. Um, and yet, so, so, what's so magical about COVID? Well, I think we know what's magical about COVID. It's the most politicized uh, uh, virus and vaccine in in the history of the world, and, and you know, this administration's not going to let that go to waste.
4: I mean, I, I am glad that to hear that they are giving medical exemptions. I mean, how many? primary care physicians in the civilian world aren't taking the time to test their patients to find out whether or not they will have an adverse reaction to these vaccines. They don't even do that in most cases. They simply just say you have to have it, and then you go get it, and you find out after. It's kind of like a bill on in, on Capitol Hill. you got to pass it to know what's in it. It's kind of crazy that way. And then, of course, the religious exemption, as you stated, it's, it's our right it's a right to have, it's in law, it's in the Constitution, we can have a religious exemption and yet we are told in the military and, in the, and now in, in increasing numbers in the civilian world that we're not entitled to this right. For the greater good of society, we are not entitled to this. So my question then comes down to, Michael, what are your chances? What do you think your chances are for your clients to win back what is already granted to them?
2: Well, obviously, we wouldn't be doing this case. I mean, First Liberty does every case free of charge, right? So these, these seals aren't paying a dime
4: Praise be for, to God.
2: Uh, for the legal services that we provide, um, uh, because that's that's why we exist, right? I mean, it, 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 we're, we're a ministry as well as a law firm. And uh, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't feel like we had a chance at, at success and victory. Uh, and I think that there are some, some other benefits that come from this as well. Uh, one of the things that that i think you know we have probably seen and experienced and i'm sure you've seen it as well is uh the, as the country becomes increasingly secularized i think there's less and less respect for people of faith they're not taken seriously people think that 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 people who claim to be professing christians are are not really sincere in their beliefs or uh aren't really willing to uh to to, to make sacrifices for their faith the way that we might see you know people of other faith groups do um and this is a, this is a way for for Christians in particular in the military to stand up and say, yeah, we're willing to put everything on the line, right? Our careers, our entire livelihood, everything that we've we've, we've invested and, and sacrificed to do for this country, we're willing to put that on the line for our faith um, and our and our relationship with God. And you don't find that very often, right? I mean, how often do we see people just kind of? grit their teeth and, 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 and convince themselves that it's a, you know, that it's okay to make that compromise. And look, for people who've done that, um, that's, I, I, you know, I don't have any problem with people doing that either. Um, I just want there to be freedom for, for, you know, everybody to make that choice for themselves. But as I was saying, I think the bright, the, you know, the, the silver lining here is people are starting to open their eyes, especially people in the government, government officials are opening their eyes and saying, wow, I had no idea that these Christians took their faith this seriously. And so uh, I think that's important for people to know that, Amen. that that we do take our faith seriously and that, you know, we can't, like, you're not going to silence us. You're not going to just force us and co- coerce us and compel us into submission just by dangling a little extra money in front of us or, or, or you know, or even issuing these little hollow threats. Mm. Um, that's, I mean, Look, that's the, the Bible talks about that, and there's plenty of stories in the Bible uh, where people of faith were threatened with their lives, their families, their livelihoods, etc., and they stood up for what they knew to be right, and, and they ended up prevailing in the wrong, long run. It may have cost them in the short run, but they prevailed in the long run, and I'm confident that that's what, that will be the same with us and our, and our SEALs.
3: You know, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine, uh, Mike, who's in the Marines Reserves uh, officer, and he was saying how he's going to number of people being threatened with being thrown in the brig, with many people being told that they're going to be uh, getting rid of with, uh, with, <laughs> with a uh, dishonorable discharge and these kind of threats. Do you know if this has actually happened yet? Has anybody actually received these penalties? And if so, if you're dishonorably discharged, what kind of... I, if this turns out that you go through and these pe- it turns out that uh, all these people are, you win the case here, what happens to those people? Are they able to get their jobs back, their, their pension back? Their, what, what happens to all these people?
2: Well, there's a lot of, of what-ifs out there that I don't think anybody knows the answer, the full answer is to, is to sort of what happens. Uh, and that includes people in, in the DOD, in the, you know, in the government. Uh, I saw a, a statement from an Air Force spokesperson the other day i think I think she may have actually let it slip uh, she She probably wasn 't supposed to say this much, but she said that they simply had no idea that there were going to be this many people seeking religious exemptions. Wow. They anticipated maybe a a couple hundred and that they felt like they had the resources to handle a couple hundred but instead we 're talking tens of thousands Wow, and they just have not they they just had no idea that there were that many people and that people would be willing to go all, go the distance, you know, and, and just say, yeah, okay, if you're going to court-martial me, court-martial me. So at, up to this point, I'm only aware of one case that I've heard of that I've been able to confirm where somebody has been court-martialed uh, for their refusal. And, um, it, you know, and and I don't know, and I think there were some other weird circumstances in that case too. So it, it probably wasn't even just purely the vaccine refusal. But for everyone else, for the other tens of thousands, Again, I think the I think the DoD just doesn't know what to do because they're probably just as scared that if they do something and they make the wrong move, and then one of these lawsuits. Because I think at this point, I think there are no fewer than seven uh, vaccine mandate lawsuits right now. Mm. Um, I, I think they're scared to say, "Well, if we if you know, uh, we don't want to make any any uh, rash decisions or, or or actions because what if we lose one of these lawsuits now? Then we're really going to be on the hook." And but that just goes to show. When you're in power, you've got, to, you've got to be thinking clearly, and you've got to have an adult in the room that says, hey, this is what the law says. I know what your politics or your policy is, but we need to follow the law. You know, We can probably figure out a way to accomplish the policy goal, but let's follow the law while we're doing it so that if we end up messing up, we don't get, we don't get nailed by a court. And, I, and that's the thing. I don't want that to happen. You know, you, we're, we're proud Marines. I love the Marine Corps. I love defending this nation. I don't want to see anything bad happen to us. I don't want to see any embarrassment come to us. Um, and so it's like I'm frustrated that we've even been put in this position to have to sue the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was hoping that cooler heads would could, could prevail and we'd be able to avoid all this nonsense, right, and and that, that these SEALs and the other tens of thousands of service members would be able to continue to serve without feeling like they've been thrown into the, dump- the lion's then.
4: Now, are, are we talking – uh, OTH discharges here. What kind of discharge are they looking at?
2: I mean, they've they've left the door open on that, right? They they've said uh, this is a lawful order. When you hear those magic words, <laughs> this is a lawful order, right? Um, and and failure to follow it could could result in punitive consequences. That is the magic word for court martial, right? Or those are the magic words for court martial. Uh, when you talk about Oths and things like that that's for administrative separation so there's a difference right a court martial is a criminal proceeding whereas an administrative separation is uh you just get kicked out right it's like being fired from your job uh and then and and then you have sort of a negative mark on your on your service record but but what a lot of the regulations it's sort of in the fine print if you get any of those right anything other than an honorable discharge uh if you get anything less than an honorable discharge it affects your VA benefits. It, att- it obviously it affects your retirement benefits because you don't get any retirement benefits. Um, it can affect uh, educational benefits. The Post 9/11 GI Bill. A lot of service members stay in so that they can transfer those ben- those educational benefits to their, to their spouses or to their children,
1: mm. and
2: those get taken away. So imagine somebody, you know, believing that their kid could be the first in the gener- in the family to go to college for a generation, and then because of the, their the, their their religious objection to the vaccine they lose out on those benefits i mean that's wow. again it's just it's, it's just punitive and vindictive it has nothing to do with health
4: well we are out of time we are going to pray uh for this case and pray that uh this is successful <laughs> we're able to get our military members the opportunity to have the freedom that they are already granted <laughs> let's pray for a good outcome here uh michael berry general counsel of first liberty institute thank you for your time today we're very grateful to you thanks for having me yes yeah, semper fi praise be to jesus uh, go to firstliberty.org and you can find on the homepage a link to that petition. You should consider signing that today. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Thank you for joining us. Great conversation this hour. If you can join us in the second hour, we'd love to have you. grnonline.com forward slash c-d-t. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you then.
0: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time
5: What should I keep in mind when I'm trying to defend my faith?
6: Well, number one, ingrain this into your psyche. The Bible is a Catholic book. The Catholic Church gave it to the world, which means there is nothing, nothing in the Bible that is contrary to anything in the Catholic faith. And there is nothing in the Catholic faith that is contrary to anything in the Bible. Always remember that. This is important to remember because a lot of times folks will quote a passage from the Bible that proves the Catholic Church is wrong. Whenever someone quotes you a Bible verse that proves the Catholic Church is wrong on something, your response should be, Amen. I believe what the Bible says. As a Catholic, I believe everything the Bible says. However, I don't agree with your personal infallible interpretation of that passage. And the reason you don't agree with their personal interpretation is because 100% of the time you're presented with a verse that proves the Catholic Church wrong. That verse has either, A, been taken out of context, or B, the verse simply doesn't say what they're trying to make it say. Number two, and this flows directly from number one, the Catholic Church can be defended solely from the Bible better than any other Christian faith tradition can be. A good bit in the various Protestant faith traditions actually contradicts the Bible. So do not be afraid to engage non-Catholics in a discussion of the Bible. And number three, if you are ever asked a question about your faith that you cannot answer, don't worry. There is an answer for that question. You just need to go and find it. Simply respond, I don't know, but I will find out and get back to you, then find out and get back to them as catholics we need to reclaim the bible it's our book we need to read it pray it learn it and use it to bring our separated brothers and sisters back to the church if you keep these things in mind you have started down the road to being a very effective apologist for the catholic faith a beacon of truth in a troubled world
0: this is the guadalupe radio network radio for your soul
4: Back in the studio. I was in Baltimore yesterday for the last couple of days, really. And uh, what a great time that was. Praise be to Jesus. In the last hour, we actually uh, played a little bit of clip. I got to uh, do some on-the-street reportage. And I interviewed uh, Jim Havens, uh, who was one of the organizers for the Men's March. And uh, what a wonderful opportunity it was to be a part of that, to give my own testimony being post-abortive there at the Planned Parenthood Clinic into march with those men. Really, really incredible. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I'll be posting some of that content to uh, YouTube and other places, Rumble and elsewhere this week. So keep, keep an eye out for that. You can always find the links up to all of that at our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And then, of course, so we also had a great conversation with Michael Berry, General, General Counsel for First Liberty Institute, who is defending 40 Navy SEALs against the Biden administration's Vax mandate uh, for religious exemptions, because the Navy hasn't, uh, hasn't given a single religious exemption since 2015. Not a single one. And uh, there are tens of thousands in the military who are fighting for that right now. And these 40 SEALs are are basically leading the charge. So that was last conversation. We're going to post that. It's also available on our podcast feed. So you can always listen to the show via podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. It's also on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But in this hour, praise be to Jesus, I have a good news story for you coming up. A nice heartwarming story out of uh, Lifesite News. And then, of course... We're going to play our game, Fear and Trembling, at 15 past the hour. We have three opportunities to get in the prize drawing this week. You could win. All you have to do is be the caller at the correct time. So your options are either A, you go to the website and find the phone number, and you can call in and sit on hold. That's an option. Or B, you wait for me to give you the phone number, then you call in then. But uh, either way, it works. Praise be to God. That's coming up. And then we will have an after show. Uh, in the second half of this hour on our live video feed, where we hang out with you very casually, interact with you personally one-on-one on Facebook, on Twitter. We're on, uh, we're on Odyssey. Odyssey. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn. I forgot. We're, I am streaming live to LinkedIn right now. Now, for that, you have to go to my personal profile, because we don't have a page there yet. I have to work on that. But we are streaming live on LinkedIn as well, so that's an option. If you are a LinkedIn user, which, speaking of LinkedIn users, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian.
3: Good morning, good morning. It's good to be here. Is it? Yes, it is. Praise be to God. In spite of it all. And, uh, you know, just like Mike from, um, Mm -hmm. on our Odyssey page said, Mm -hmm. he Mm -hmm. said, you know, uh it's early in the morning and but i'm glad to be here nonetheless praise be to god so praise speaking be to god.
4: of uh, mike so different mike, we have two yes. i know we have two odyssey mics. uh the mike the regular odyssey mike a former coast guard guy god thank you again for your service by the way i had there was a coast guard cutter parked right outside my hotel room in baltimore Mike, I had, I geeked out big time. Thought it was this, this super cool thing to see this giant coast guard vessel right outside my front door. Super neat. I did get to meet Sci-Fi Mike for also who hangs out with us over on the Odyssey at the Men's March. That was also a lot of fun too. So praise be to God for that. But uh, you're you're a big user on LinkedIn, right, Adrian?
3: Oh, I am a Huge, expert, like a super user, an expert LinkedIn user. Yeah, in fact, I thought so. Um, I have uh, mm-hmm. got on LinkedIn. Yeah, a total of. Three times a day, three times an hour. My life, <laughs> your whole life. Yep. I don't know anybody who uses LinkedIn, but I hear it's great. I have. I hear I'm, it's wonderful.
4: I'm looking at my LinkedIn profile right now. It says I'm an all star. Uh huh. I have four thousand three hundred. Well, hey now, you're an all star. <laughs> hey now, I, you're an all star. <laughs> Get your game on. Let's play. Anyway, how's that song go? Oh, I forget. I forget. Uh,
3: you know, the only reason why I know that song is from <laughs> Shrek. Ouch! And I don't. I'm not afraid to admit it. Admitting things
4: publicly sometimes is painful. At
3: any rate, not all right. This one, we have a fun show to
4: get into. Uh, a lot of uh, good times coming this way in this hour. Again, we have good news stories, saying to the day, gospel of the day. Plus, we have our game show. So we should pray and get started in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And LifeSight reports in this good news story today that a blind woman and the American mile record holder run for the unborn. They embody faith and humility. It's a cool story here. Alan Webb, the fastest miler in American history, and Tina Jenkins, a blind woman from birth who was hit by a semi truck back in 2019, share a few things in common. Both are devout Catholics. Both are runners and both are members of a group dedicated to pro-life witness. After they both participated in this month's Indianapolis Monumental Marathon, however, they shared something even more strikingly similar. They, their reflections on their indie runs, lessons in humility, their greater purpose, and putting God first. Webb, who Life Runners founder Pat Castle describes as, quote, basically the Michael Jordan of track and field, unquote, college you is, no pressure there, told LifeSite News how during this year's Indy Marathon, he met with an unexpected hurdle that he came to realize allowed for an even greater pro-life witness. Webb, who uh, told his... uh, told how his left hamstring started cramping up a little after four miles into the race. And this guy is a world record holder, right? And his hamstring is, is cramping up on him only four miles into the race, forcing him to slow down. He tried to loosen up his muscles while walking. But Webb said, trying to get you already your already cramped up leg to loosen up when it's really cold is double-double hard or triple hard, which I guess is pretty hard. It's fairly hard. He goes on to say that it occurred to him as Castle would remind the life runners that, quote, walkers are actually the best messengers of life runners because they're going a little slower. Now, that's what I'm talking about. And that they, the, quote, remember the unborn message on the back of their shirts is a lot easier to read. He says, quote, I just had the thought come to mind as everybody was passing me. And I said, this is what I should be doing. I'm sure thousands of people saw me just walking, Webb said. He goes on to say, God works perfectly. That's what I was meant to do, and I just made peace with that during the race. He went on, Webb, uh, who converted to the Catholic faith about two and a half years ago, explained to LifeSide News that his current lens of faith totally transformed That what would otherwise have been a disheartening experience. Yeah, could you imagine being a world record holder and then uh, all of a sudden being cramped up and you have to walk? Kind of humiliating, but what an opportunity. Real quick, Tina Jenkins, another life runner who has been blind from birth and started running in her 20s, had similar reflections about her indie Marathon experience. About two years ago, Jenkins was hit by a semi-truck as she was crossing an intersection with her guide dog. The, the accident shattered her pelvis and broke nine ribs and several other bones, requiring surgery to add plates to her rib cage her collarbone right wrist and above her uh, above and below her right eye wow An avidly pro-life Catholic, she told LifeSite News how she was hit while she was on her way to an adoration chapel to, quote, pray in solidarity, unquote, with others in Kansas City area, praying that a new Planned Parenthood wouldn't open there uh, as was anticipated. She confirmed that the abortion facility never opened. Praise be to God for that. She goes on to say, God is why I am still alive. She said after the accident, I was told a lot of people were praying. Jenkins was already running marathons with Life Runners and had run the Boston Marathon only four months before her accident. She says, quote, the doctor said that if I hadn't been training, my heart probably wouldn't have withstood what I went through, she told LifeSide News. She said her doctor thought it would be two years before she could walk again. But her progress was much faster than anyone expected. Wow. Praise be to God. Could you imagine running a marathon And also having to run a marathon blind, like that also takes great humility and
3: courage. So praise be to God for both of them. That is your good news for today. The saint of the day is St. Gregory the He was born in 213. Gregory was of a distinguished pagan family. His family met Origen and entered his school at Caesarea and studied theology. They all converted to Christianity by Origen and became his disciples. Gregory returned home intending to practice law, but was instead elected bishop by the 17 Christians of the city. Maybe this is how we should start doing things, I don't know. It soon became apparent that he was gifted with remarkable powers. He preached eloquently, made so many converts that he was able to build a church, and soon was so renowned for his miracles that he was surnamed the meaning the wonder Worker. He was a much sought-after arbiter for his wisdom and legal knowledge and ability. He advised his flock to go into hiding when the diocese's persecution of the Christians broke out in 250, and they fled into the desert with his deacon. On his return, he ministered to his flock when the plague struck his sea and when the Goths devastated Pontius. He participated in the Synod of Antioch in 264-265 against the Samasta and fought against Sabellianism and Tritheism. It is reported that at his death at at Neo Caesarea, only 17 unbelievers were left in the city. He is invoked against floods and earthquakes, and at one time he reportedly stopped the flooding of Lysis, and at another he moved a mountain. According to Gregory of Nyssa, Gregory Thaumaturgus experienced a vision of Our Lady, the first such recorded vision. He died in 270. St. Gregory Thaumaturgus pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today
4: comes to us from Luke chapter 6 verses 27 through 38. But I say to you that here, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To him who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your coat as well give to everyone who begs from you and of him who takes away your goods do not ask them again and as and as you wish that men would do to you do so to them for if you love those who love you what credit is that to you for even sinners love those who love them and if you do good to those who do good to you what credit is that to you for even sinners do the same And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, and do good and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish." be merciful even as your father is merciful judge not and you will not be judged condemn not and you will not be condemned forgive and you will be forgiven give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together running over will be put into your lap for the measure you give will be the measure you get back the gospel of the lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hadoc's commentary was great today on this. He says, They who only give when sure of having a greater return, do not give, but traffic with their generosity, in which
3: there is no charity. Adrian, what did you find? Oh, yes, this is great stuff, and this is something that I need to hear personally, Um, This, especially verse 27 right there at the beginning. While people were, uh, let's see, the verse 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 but i say to you to hear love your enemies and do good to those who hate you bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you uh this is uh, obviously referring to the way joe treats me no i'm just joking i'm just joking <laughs> no but uh cornes says here he says but i say unto you which here love your enemies christ after solemnly warning those who live for pleasure alone now addresses his own disciples I have denounced woe against the wicked, but to you who hear my words and seek the salvation of your souls, I give as a first and chief commandment that you should love your enemies. Christostom responds to this by saying, but he doesn't say, do not hate, but love. Nor did he merely command to love, but also to do good as it follows. Do good to them which hate you. This is important to note because he's saying not only do we have to love them, not only should we pray for them, but we have to provide good for them, and not just their spiritual good, but their bodily good as well. And that's kind of a, a hard saying, in my opinion, and it is a hard saying. It, it's difficult to do, it's, but it's something that we are obliged to do, and it's something that I struggle with personally. Whenever I, you know, you get you get in Twitter fights, you get in Facebook fights, you get in fights in uh, in your group chats with your friends. Um, these kind of things happen, and what happens is you start attacking each other, it comes after one another, and you kind of have bad blood. It's going to take humility, and I'm talking to myself mostly, it's going to take humility to swallow that and say, you know, I'm going to pray for you, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to pray for you in a passive-aggressive way, like, you know, you drop the, we should pray for you, and then move on. Like, no, I actually pray for this person, and actually will the good for them, and actually love them. That is actually hard. Yes, it is. Easier said than done.
4: Don't believe me? Just go on Twitter, and my case
3: is just check out my stuff for five minutes
4: and you'll see it's hard (laughs) i mean it's uh twitter is like uh, the the prison yard it's a little crazy sometimes all right it's time to have some fun and play the game fear and trembling praise be to jesus for it so what we need right now is a caller on the line to play our game a contestant to possibly win some prizes praise be to jesus and i'm looking at the questions all easy question what's today Wednesday all easy question Wednesday that phone number is 877-757-9424 that's 877-757-9424 call now you might get to be the contestant at 877-757-9424 fear and trembling is coming up next don't go anywhere we'll be right back
5: we all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org.
0: Protestants like to use James 2.10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin, because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin, because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin.
4: Joe McClain! Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, sure, we have a secret and hidden agenda where we like to do a few things, and I don't really tell anybody about these things, and I will share them with you on one condition, that you don't share them with anybody, okay? You can't tell anybody what I'm about to tell you, but we do like to... Teach the faith, right? So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something that you did not know before about the Catholic faith. Praise be to God for that. And then we like to have fun with our callers. They tend to be a good sport and a lot of fun. They laugh with us, and we really enjoy that quite a bit. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we give out prizes, and that makes it a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker. If you're just joining us, you've never heard this before, and you're really trying to figure out what and what, what? Well, here's the deal. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me. I don't ask the caller these questions. So they don't have to know the answers and they could still win the game. It's that much fun. And the reason why is because instead of asking them, I'm going to ask David and I'm going to ask Adrian. One of them will be correct and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision, whom do they trust more? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Praise be to God. And uh, our sponsor this week is uh, Jan- JanuaryJaneshop.com. January Good grief, i got to get this correct. JanuaryJaneshop.com. Thank you. Very much JanuaryJane'sShop.com for being our sponsor this week. They do something kind of cool with Catholic decor. They are a Catholic-owned and operated company. They uh, they have this uh, what they call the the Polaroid Saint Pack and Nativity Folk print. So you've seen images of saints. I we have a wall full of images of our patron saints at our home chapel. Praise be to God. Well, they've taken these images and they've turned them into these very cool retro-looking polaroid images and they have a whole pack of these and they're super cool you can find out what they look like on their website januaryjaneshop.com januaryjaneshop.com and uh they make these uh this decor and it's really really cool so they're giving us the pack to give to our listeners this week 12 vintage style prints of modern Catholic saints and their birth names written below in original calligraphy. This is an 8x10 original watercolor painting by Jana Zuniga as well, printed on 100-pound linen paper. So, it's a whole pack of, of goodies to give away here th- today. So, praise be to God for that. All right. Let's go to the phones.
2: Uh, but Oh, before I do that, good morning to you, David. Uh, good morning, Joe. So, welcome back, and I uh, hope did, you had a good trip. Did you trip. miss me? I did. And- and so did the uh, coffee maker. <laughs> I had to explain to the coffee maker, "Don't, it's okay. You're only going to need one cup today, <laughs> so it's okay. I He'll mean, be back. It's He'll be back."
3: Used to pulling its. How
4: blood. much y'all pay them?
3: Mm. You have a coffee maker?
4: Yeah, the what? coffee maker. I mean, I, if I'm if I'm I'm probably forty ounces into it
3: already at this point. I'm stretching out for the last two days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So anyway, welcome back.
4: All right, well, praise be to God. Let's go to the phones. Turner, good morning to you. Thanks for calling in our program.
0: Hello,
4: it's Carla, actually. It's Tyler? Did you say Tyler? Carla. 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 Oh, forgive me. I'm sorry. We we were mishearing you. Carla, good morning to you, Carla. How are you? Hi, this is Paula's dad. It's Paula. Oh, Wow. wow. We went from Turner to Tyler <laughs> to Carla, and now we're at Paula. Oh, right. Why Can I mess yeah, up Paula. her poor name anymore? I'm not sure. It's possible.
6: There you go. Yeah, we've been looking forward to playing this contest. Well,
4: Paula, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. <laughs> Paula, we're very grateful you called in today. How old are you?
0: Nine. How? You're
4: nine? Praise be to God. When is your birthday? August 7th. So you just turned nine not that long ago. Did you do anything fun, like shark diving or cliff jumping, anything like that?
3: Uh, no. Nine, that's like one more than eight and one less than ten, right? I know, ten. Can you believe you're going to be double digits next year? That's exciting.
4: Yep. (laughs) Uh All right, Paula, do you know how the game is played?
1: Yes, I listen every day.
0: Every all day. Right, right.
4: Well, that's exciting. Praise be to God. Right. Now, Paula, do you think Adrian is the trickiest of all? Yeah. Yeah, what? I agree. I, yeah. Duh. You get a duh right out of the gate for that. That's good to have my duh button back, by the way. Uh, uh, Paula, I agree with you. A- and I think the whole world agrees with you. Adrian is the trickiest of all tricky people. <laughs> Easy. Uh, in the tricky land. Big so, meanie uh, rat rat Big meanie rat rat. All right, Paula. Praise be to God. Are, by the way, are you on your way to school, Paula? Yes. All right. Well, I hope you have a great day. But let's play our game. We will go to David first, as is our custom. David, are you ready?
2: I am. Are you sure? No, I still need my first cup of coffee, coffee, but let's go ahead. Are you sure? No. Let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) David, can you tell me, or rather,
4: can you name for me the fifth sorrowful mystery of the Holy Rosary?
2: All right. Fifth. The fifth sorrowful mystery. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the agony of Christ in the in the garden. Ooh. Yeah, I like that mystery. That's one of
4: my faves. The agony of Christ in the garden. All right, let's go see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me yes. Or what the fifth sorrowful yes, mystery of the Holy Rosary is? Mm-hmm.
3: I can. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, you uh, want yes. me to tell you? Yes, that's, okay. that's, that's kind uh, of the right, idea. Right, Yeah. Uh, that would be the crucifixion and death of our Lord. Okay. Hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. I like that one, too. Hmm. Uh, all right, so here's the deal, Paula. Adrian says the fifth mystery of the sorrowful set of mysteries is the crucifixion and death of our Lord Whereas David seems to think it's the agony of Jesus in the garden Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Paula, what say you? Adrian! (laughs) You're so confident! Wow! (laughs) Wow. Nailed it! (laughs) Easy peasy! (laughs) Congratulations, Paula! You did it! You're in the cup! How do you feel? Good. Praise be to God. All awesome right sauce. Let's see if we can't double your chances now with this next question. We'll go to Adrian uh, for this next one. Adrian, mm-hmm. can you tell me?
3: Mm, probably not. Does water break the Eucharistic fast? Wow. Huh. Mm. So does that mean, like, can I drink water before receiving communion? Like, yeah. Like, okay. I'm going to say no, water does not break the eucharistic fast. Okay, so no, you can't. So in other words, you can have water
4: so you can before have going water. to mass. That's your answer. That is correct. Okay. Okay. Uh David, can you tell me, does water break the eucharistic fast? Am I allowed to drink water before going to mass?
2: Let me ask, is this like 1 hour before mass starts or, you know, uh the d- d- okay, it doesn't matter. No. Yeah, why
4: not? Sure. Okay, I'm going to say yes. I'm Yes, it does break. In other words, you're saying I can't drink water before mass starts.
1: No, we got to sacrifice. We got to, you know,
4: oh, you, you know, okay. don't, don't do it. We'll talk about meanies. Okay. All right, here's the deal, Paula. That's <laughs> Yeah. Right, here's the deal, Paula. David seems to think you are not allowed to drink water before mass starts, whereas Adrian seems to think you can drink water before mass starts. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Paula, what say you?
3: Adrian? Less
4: I, I, confident. Less confident. This less time. Less confident Survey huh.
3: says. Uh, yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. Of
4: Duh. course, David. Duh. You're such Come a... Come on. You're such a rad Come on, guys. Uh, congratulations, Paula. C- well done. And you are, in fact, correct. You are allowed to have
3: water. But uh, apparently, Adrian, are not allowed to have toothpaste. Yeah, if you swallow your toothpaste, that counts as consuming food. Yikes. Though, of course, it's only an hour fast. So, I mean, you probably uh, have an hour between when you brush your teeth and receive communion. It's a good thing coffee's made of water. Yeah, what about right. coffee? Mm-hmm.
4: Okay. All right, let's, go to the, let's move on. Let's go to the third question here. Uh let's see if we can't get a perfect score today. Back to David. David, can you tell me, is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception a holy day of obligation?
2: Uh, Joe, I know this one. Uh, Yes, of course. It's like very, very, very important in our Catholic history, our Catholic faith. Yes. 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 Y-E-S. Yes,
1: yes.
4: Okay. So the Feast of the Immaculate Conception is a holy day of obligation. Mm, My final answer. All right. Adrian, can you tell me? I, I'm really curious
3: what you're going to say at this.
4: I have no idea. Is, <laughs> to figure the, it
3: out. is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception a holy day of obligation? Absolutely not. We don't have holy day of obligations anymore. <laughs> what? A <laughs> what?
4: <laughs> <That> rabbit hole. <laughs> Look, squirrel. Okay. All right. So your answer is no. No. It's not. Okay. No. Okay.
6: Hmm. Man.
4: Uh, all right. So, Paula, well, here's the go deal. To church? All right, Paula, here's the deal. Adrian seems to think that the Immaculate Conception uh is not a holy day of obligation, whereas David says it is. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Paula, what say you? David. Confidence! I like this. Yeah. yeah. Three for three. Oh. Oh. Praise be to God. Congratulations, Paula. You are in for three. Oh. Perfect score. How do you feel? good really Yes. Good. you did a great job Paula I'm so proud of you praise be to God uh, well done uh, it may be God's will that your name gets pulled out of the cup on Friday so you're going to have to get your dad to tune you back in uh, but you listen every day so I'm guessing that's not a problem but thank you for playing the game we're going to put you guys on hold have a great day at school okay bye alright we're going to put you on hold so we get your phone number but that's going to do it for the radio side that was fun Paula, now that I got her name correct, was a blast. Praise be to Jesus. If you can join us in the after show, we'd love to hang out with you. grnonline.com forward slash EDT for the next half hour. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. God love you. God
0: bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time
4: Praise be to God. Welcome back to the uh, Catholic Drive Time. Thanks. And the after show, where we get a lot more casual about our conversation. And we chat with you about whatever it is that's on your heart, your mind, whatever you want to talk about. That's on the agenda. All you have to do, your part of the bargain, is to comment. So you leave comments, and we chat about them. And if you fail to leave a comment, then we talk about movies and food. That's the rules. We just live by them. Uh, we we say the black, we do the red, and the red says movies and food if they don't comment. So that's what we do. Alan Smith, great to see you again, my friend, all the way <laughs> from sunny Canada. <laughs> what is it like forty forty two degrees below up there now? Um what's what's weather like in Canada? I was in Baltimore and it was just pretty chilly in in the middle of the night and in the early morning, very cold. Alan
3: said he used to be nine years old. No, what? not true? Fake news dot com. I am shook that's impossible <laughs> uh praise be to god it's
4: good to be back in the saddle i gotta be honest it's good to be back in the in the studio here uh, christopher chance good morning to you call in good morning to you my friend praise be to god clarissa it's good to see you again thank you for hanging out anthony lozano good morning to you praise be to jesus anthony is
3: losing his job yikes over the vax mandate we're praying for, for you anthony Brian, thank you for standing up for truth, by the way. Lori, I think we should give a special shout-out to Lori. She has three badges from Facebook. She has what? A, a Top Fan pa- uh, badge, a Sharer badge, and a Milestone Follower badge. Praise she be has more God. badges than everyone else on, uh, on our Facebook page. <laughs> That's good. So Amen to go. that. Amen to that. Uh, let's see who else is here. I'm, I have more than you, Joe. You only have one. <laughs> what am
4: I going to do? Jeff Burrier. <laughs> Jeff Burrier and the Burrier family. Good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Praise be to God. Becky Dominguez, good morning to you. David L, good morning. Uh, favorite saint, Saint Augustine of Hippo. Super cool. Yeah. Have you read
3: Have you read City of God, David L? Did he write a lot about hippos? Uh probably. Did not. he write the song I want a hippopotamus for Christmas? I want it. These are the questions I will never know. For Christmas. For Christmas.
4: The answer to only hippopotamus will do... Genevieve
3: said, Adrian is really good on the game show. He is not... Adrian is not tricky. Thank you, Genevieve. <sighs> See, some people do know we, the truth. Should we... Should some we, people know the truth. Should we block spammers? I'm just curious. Whoa, whoa, What's whoa. What's our spam policy one Genevieve more time? Genevieve is not I, a spammer. Teasing. In fact, actually, Jeff is, uh, is one of our moderators, yes.
4: so... <laughs> <laughs> Awkward! <laughs>
3: <laughs> so there you go.
4: <laughs> uh, that's funny. Carrie uh, Topol is Kerry Topol a brand new commenter?
3: Kerry Topol, I don't see on Kerry fa- on, on YouTube. YouTube, let's see. Carrie. let us know. Are you a new commenter? I don't see Kerry. Good morning. It, yeah, yeah. That's if you're amusing, if what you're a you? fur time, if you're a fur time,
4: <laughs> there's a teddy bear in the icon. Okay, so that's where the the sporting <gasps> fur uh, slip went. Yeah. Oh, I see Carrie Topol. If I you don't recognize, are a first-time commenter, please let us know so we might recognize you. More importantly, uh, give you some extra love for being a first-time commenter. We love our first-time commenters. And let us know where you are from. We love that, too. So please do that. Uh, well, Welcome to the program, either way, Carrie. We're very gra- glad you're here. Monica Cortez. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Good morning to you.
3: Uh, Clarissa says, uh, Genevieve sounds like such a cutie. and uh, And Jeff said that... Genevieve is my baby doll. She's the best. Aw, very cute. Yeah, Genevieve is very cute. Alan says, 32 degrees in Canada, six inches of snow already. What? Houston's
4: not far behind you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I
3: mean. I think it was six degrees when I woke up this morning. So I was freezing. I put on two coats.
4: (laughs) Two two coats. Sonia Morales says, duh, Joe McClain. (laughs) Praise be to God. Uh, Patty was on with us, of course, as always, on the first hour. Uh, Chrissy Amesk... Escamilla, good morning to you. Uh, Christy says, love uh, our Virgin de Guadalupe. Yay and amen. I agree with you there. Que viva viva. Uh, David Gonzalez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Uh, he says, I think Joe is... Is that pertaining to the call? Some people have nothing better to do with their time than stir things up. You guys are doing good. Amen well, to that. Thank you, David. I'm grateful for that. June, good morning. June, praise be to God. June was a great uh, contestant last week, week before. Buddy, good June morning. Isabel. Yeah, good morning to you. Patty was on, as I said. Let's see who else was on. I'm on the other one. Laura now.
3: just hopped on. Hey, said, Laura. Good morning. I listened to Church Militant Rally yesterday. I was amazed. At all the issues that were discussed, I had no idea all that was going on. Yeah. Yeah, A lot going on. I I really wanted to hear uh, Michael Hitchborn and David O'Gray's talk, and I didn't get to hear it. I did
4: get to hear Hitchborn. You did get to hear it? Yeah. The one from yesterday?
3: I I streamed a little bit of it.
4: It, Yeah, I didn't get to hear it. As I was running from one connection to the other... Uh, I I connected in Orlando. here or not Orlando, uh, Chicago. Here, have you ever been through Chicago?
1: Here, David. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's rough. When
4: you fly through Chicago, do you like connect on one side of the city and then have to run across the other side of the city to get your other airplane?
2: Not, haven't
1: done
4: that. Like, it seems like that's always the case for me. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's like, uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure the pilot said that. Uh, thanks for uh, flying with us today. Uh, just so you know, you'll have seven and a half minutes to make your connection. Uh, hopefully, you can run fast. Uh, good luck. God bless. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, ra- keep your mask on. Wow.
3: That's amazing. Keep Over your mask your on. Over your nose. Yeah. Over your nose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Clarissa asked, Adrian, follow up question for Adrian Is Immaculate Conception a double what is it called feast that was talked about in yesterday's trivia? Yes, it is a double what's it called feast our audience is so technical yes, we are, double
4: what's it called feast? It's,
3: a, it's called Give me a second. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that's double it's precept feast specified in the USCCB document a double precept <laughs> feast <laughs> is a feast day in which you are obliged to both fast I mean not fast, you're obliged to attend mass and abstain from servile work, yeah. a single precept feast is a day where you're only obliged to go to mass but you're not obliged to abstain from servile work, the Immaculate Conception is in fact a double precept feast yeah
4: mary barone good morning to you don good morning to you praise be to god thank you for both for being here joaquin good morning to you gloria dion lopez nicola good morning to you of course lori as a a big as we stated a big cdt insider with all of her many badges of 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 glory there like wow that's incredible Mm -hmm. Uh, i think mine's marked for potential spam i'm not even sure what my my flag means your flag says um Please block immediately. <laughs> immediately. Uh, Mike if over not, on sooner. Odyssey. Good morning to you. Amber, Carrie, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, let's see here. What's Mike saying? Uh, I got I to scroll backwards. Uh, Mike says, good morning. Happy Wednesday. Pretty slow when I hear the end of the first hour, but I'm glad to be here nonetheless. We're glad you're here
3: too. Uh, the Feast Mac exception is December 12th, I think. Let me look it up. I'm guessing. Poor guy rushes beginning. to get back
4: from Baltimore. Says nice things about me on the air, and how I how do I reply his reply his
3: kindness? Ungrateful puddle pirate. <laughs> he said. Uh, <laughs> he told me uh, he liked my co host yesterday. Uh, praise be to God. December eighth. My mistake. Fisa conception is December eighth. There you go. I wanted to. I wanted to climb all over. I was
4: so like uh, seeing the uh, in in the harbors there and the piers where I was in Baltimore. There's several piers. I stayed in a hotel right on the pier that was right next door to where the church militant rally was, and then right across from that was the hotel the bishops ran. And by the way, that is a very nice hotel. Mm. That is where the rich Catholics are staying, let me tell you. I oh, did I, not stay in that hotel. You should, okay. Okay, they were like, no, your kind is not welcome here. And uh, the Motel 6 is further down, they said, sir, keep moving. Move along, move along. Anyway, I stayed in a fairly nice hotel. It was was great. It was wonderful. Um, But uh, all of those piers are super cool, very touristy like. And then there was a Coast Guard cutter perk right in front of my door. I mean, it was amazing. This giant ship there. I wanted to climb all over it. I was like, where? My children would love this. And then there was like a a wooden sailing ship just a few piers down. Mm. A big giant, looked like the, you know, uh, it was just incredible old school, you know, war vessel. I wanted to climb through that. I just wanted to play. Tourist the whole time, but I'm like, nope. You're here for the babies. You gotta, you gotta keep focused. So that's They're really there bad. on business. So I did not play tourist. I wanted to really badly. I, I did have some great
3: Lebanese food though. Lebanese. Everybody's, everyone's oh, coming yeah. after me. Wow. Uh, Lori said I thought it was December eighth, and Jeff said it's eighth. Chris said it's December eighth. I know, I know, I messed up. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, can Jeff can said the Our Lady of Guadalupe is on the 12th. Yes, that's correct.
4: Can we get that on a button? Mea culpa. No, no, I don't. Mm. I can't hear you. We'll sorry. Uh, we'll record we'll, it. Just, yeah, okay. we,
3: we have it. We have the Eric podcast, said yes. uh, Fiesta de la Virgen de Guadalupe is on December 12th. There you go. Yay and amen. Okay. I think this year I will uh, read on December the 12th. I will. Is that
4: on a weekday? I don't. Know. I should look it up. I, I should read the. I seconds. did this last year. I'm going to do this again it's this year. I may. Oh, darn it. Well I'll do it I I say what I will do it and send it to the CDT insider email list. I think I'm going to read the, the, the description of the Aztec sacrifices uh, in Warren Carroll's book on Our Lady Guadalupe. That is Fizz Vine. It, it is short, sweet and to the point and it is amazing. So I may do
3: that and send that over to the CDT insider email list. Fizz Vine on YouTube says hi. Fizz Vine is a new commenter. There you go, Fizmine. Well, praise be to God. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Where are you from, Fizmine? We'd love to know. We'd love to know. Let's see, and uh, let's see. Oh, Alan, uh, question for you. You said I'm working on re-releasing Sheen's 1983 book titled "Liberty, Equality, and Fraternity." Is this a book on the Freemasonry written by Fulton Sheen? I didn't know he did that. Could you like put in the comments? Let us know. Is that is that about Freemasonry? If not, what is it about? Um, I'm interested. I'm also interested in the topic of liberty because i was reading about the the controversy on libertarianism and uh the popes and we have popes that uh, were encouraged liberty but rejected libertinism and i'd be curious about that to look into that further very interesting by the way um what's his name uh-huh <laughs> yeah
4: yeah i know him hitchborn thank you thank you very much thank you thank you hitchborn i think he wrote his senior thesis on Freemasonry in French Revolution. What? Yeah. The Carbonari? Um, well, he, That will be Spain, right? I haven't read his thesis, but he said French Revolution, Freemasonry. Uh, and he, it was interesting because he had never met David O'Grey before, so I had him in the same room at the same time. So I feel like I have done my good deed for, for the week. For the year. Because he's going to have him on his show. For the century. To talk about that. Fizz Vine is from Quebec, by the way. Praise be to God. More Canadians. Praise be to God. I love it when Canada tunes in. We love that. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Colin, Saint Juan Diego, pray for us and the unborn. Yay and amen to that. Fitz <laughs> finds says I'm eating cheese. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what kind? That's the question of the day. That's important. Um, uh, my favorite is like a uh, it's a British cheese with like blueberries. I like Mexican cheese Blueberries Yeah I can't remember What they call it though There's a special name for it I only buy it Like on special occasions Because it's you know $87,000 per ounce Or some crazy number Yeah what's and, up with that Why and, uh, is cheese so like, expensive like, like we get this, like The, the processed stuff is cheap But the good stuff Is like very expensive
3: Amber Carey said the org- uh, This organization uh, Livefatima.io Is creating a fund For those who are Losing their employment Due to the mandates uh, That's the confraternity Of Our Lady of Fatima by, With uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder And she linked it there. So if you go to livefatima.io, you can find more information about that.
4: Clarissa says, uh, Joe, I watched your testimony on YouTube video of the Men's March. It was both heartbreaking and very moving. I'd like to hear more about your mystical experience with Jesus. Well, thank you, Clarissa. I appreciate that. Um, I I was telling Michael Hitchborn about this yesterday because he asked about the same exact thing. Um, wanted to know more about that. You know, I've told the story many times, but I got to be honest with you. Every time I do, I always feel very awkward about it because it's a very personal. It's not a you know. It, it's hard to explain it in a way because every time I say it, I always think everybody thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> like that's well, the, that's the thought I mean, that goes what? through your mind. It's like everybody thinks you're you're absolutely nuts. You know, but uh, you know, it was a, a mystical experience infused grace that was just life changing and I did share that story in my documentary film, which you can find at livinghislife.net. You also mentioned it with uh with David O'Reilly yesterday. I did. We talked a little bit about it yesterday on the show. Um LivinghisLife.net, you can watch my film there. It only has my testimony on abortion, but it also has that story as well livinghislife.net. Uh, April 2002 is when that experience happened for me. I think I have one of your talks on my podcast where I you mention s- it. I am so sorry. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was back in your intern days.
3: Yeah. The good old days. The sleeping days. The sleeping days. I miss those days.
4: Uh, let's see. Oh. Joe M., you forgot to put hairspray on your hair. I can tell it was really windy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hair, I, on my hair. Notice she said that in a single. She didn't use pairs. She didn't yeah. say you forgot to put hairspray on your hairs. She yeah, because you only hair. have like one <laughs>
3: hair.
1: One hair. He
3: has like six hair. Thank
1: you.
4: Uh, but I lay them flat to help cover cover things up. It's opaque. Does that count as one hair? <laughs> things are getting pretty uh, slim up there. That's for sure. That's for I'm sure. I'm glad I'm never going bald. Never. I cannot. Oh, kiss wait. of death right I there. Mean, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Me and you, David. We're going to be old, but we will be alive when we get to witness
3: the day when Adrian admits he's old nope are we mm-hmm. writing all this down oh, so that man, way i can't wait i know i know <laughs> i will not live to see that day
4: <laughs> it's gonna be great it's gonna I, be fun it's gonna be great i, I will get the die. popcorn ready That's i right. will die young no. just to avoid this famous last words monica cortez good morning to you she says what it was the name of the nun you talked about yesterday mm. wanted to look her up yikes
3: what was that david do you remember um, this must have been in the after, the after show. show. Okay. Yeah, not yeah. you, Joe. Sorry. Uh, That's all right. Give me a, a few minutes. Give me a few minutes. Yeah, let, let, I'm going to let, uh, let David figure it out because I can't remember. And it, it was a really cool saint that I had never heard of before. Well, I guess technically she's not a saint. She is not even a venerable yet. Uh, she's only been dead for, I think, four years, and they apparently have to wait five years yeah. in order to open the cause. But uh, she, they are ready to open a cause for her as soon as she Claire Crockett, says, yes. Claire Crockett says, "Claire Crockett, Doug, Doug dug to the rescue, Doug.
4: Thank rocked. you so much." Yeah. Sister Claire, Claire says, uh, "says Laurie." Yes, yeah, uh, Melanie. Claire. Good morning to you. Says I toured those ships this past June. Very cool. I'm jealous, Melanie. I wish, wish I could have toured them. They look super cool. By the way, my Mary, friend who's watching just texted me. Claire Crockett. Mary Barone says, "I would like to recommend Bishop Strickland's book Light and Leaven. I have it at home." He writes some about the poor formation of bishops and uses the phrase, quote, back to the fundamentals, unquote. He also writes, uh, "a quote, and now Pope Francis is dealing with a corrupt monster, unquote. It's an easy read, and I'm enjoying it immensely. Actually, my admiration for him and his being from Texas is the reason I started listening to your show. Location, location, location. location. Praise be to God. Can I just tell you, yesterday... um, Mary, I was, uh, or not yesterday, day before yesterday, at the men's rally, uh, after Bishop Strickland, and if we prayed the rosary, Bishop Strickland was one of, I think, four bishops who helped us pray the rosary at the rally. You know, he was leaving, and he was being interviewed by a local news outlet, and I walked over there, because I was going to try to do a little bit of re- uh, interviewing with him, too, standing, and then all of a sudden, James Grine comes up and stands next to me. Now, if you don't know the name James Grind, which most of you, some of you probably do, James Grine is the guy who was abused by mccarrick and it was his personal testimony that got mccarrick defrocked right so uh kind of a monumental figure in the whole revealing the church corruption when it comes to you know these types of issues mccarrick and, and that kind of thing and he's standing next to me because he wants to talk to strickland too so uh when that happened and i witnessed i was sitting there witnessing strickland talk to grime and saying to him you know hey i'm personally praying for you and and they were, and they're. Fr- I mean, they they've met each other. They're friends, and it was a great conversation. At that point, I decided I wasn't going to interview Strickland, and I just, you know, when I had my opportunity, you know, I I've known Strickland for a long time. I met him right after he became bishop, uh, before I even worked here at the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, I've m- had many opportunities to spend with him privately. I've been very grateful to do so, and I just said to him, you know, I want to thank you personally for witnessing out here. I said it's so important. To the lay faithful, to see bishops come out here, and to pray with us, uh, th- many of the faithful are incredibly scandalized by these things that are going down, and we feel uh, that there's that there's a tone deafness among among the bishops, and your witness is is incredibly important and powerful, and I just thanked him for it, shook his hand, he thanked me for saying so, uh, we had a, a great uh, couple of minute conversation, then he had to go back to join the the USCCB meeting, so. Great opportunity, praise be to God. I also got to meet some other incredible people there. It was just a really cool experience. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was uh, it also kind of otherworldly in some ways too. There was a, there was a kind of a weirdness in the air. That's typical of these kinds of things.
3: Uh, Fizz Vine said, "My boyfriend is atheist." Um, oh,
4: Sister Claire, this is the Irish.
3: Yes, yeah. Uh, oh, I know. I know the story well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The bad idea. I just throwing that out there. Dating an atheist is probably not a good way to uh, carry on your faith, especially if you're planning oh. on marriage. Um, what, what? How does that come up? Fizz Vine said, "My boyfriend is atheist," and uh, and he Fizz said, "I like the Anglican Church; they're accepting of me being homosexual." Um, okay, well. I, we, there you go, folks. You know, it's a, it's a great opportunity, Fizz,
4: to, to talk about that. Uh, We're glad you're here. Praise be to God. Thanks for, thanks for being here. You know, Holy Mother Church is handing on what it would receive from Christ directly. Uh, Although many members of the church do so imperfectly. That's a good argument to be made there. I mean, with Carrick being a stellar example of that, right? Um, But there's a reason why Holy Mother Church, St. Paul himself and, and the bishops, uh, the saints uh, teach that the lifestyle of homosexuality is not only inherently dangerous, but also just, it's, it's unnatural. So it's bad for you on not only a physical and emotional scale, but it's also bad for you on a spiritual scale. Uh, because in order to go to heaven, one has to die in friendship with God, to say, sort of say it in the most basic terms, right? So you have to die in a state of grace. So with sin on your soul, you separate yourself from God's presence. It's not something God does to you. It's something you do to God. And that's true for all of us. My sins are as heavy as anyone's sins. And, but the good news is, by the grace of God, we have access to grace. God is so merciful. If you think about it, God is so merciful that not only does he die on a cross to pay that price, to give us access to grace, but he gives us access repetitively, to the fount of mercy, through reconciliation, through uh, receiving the holy Eucharist, through the one holy Catholic and Apostolic Church handed on from Christ to the apostles down through the age, it's such an amazing thing. And you know, uh, I was just reading. What was it? Was it yesterday? The day before yesterday? The gospel was. Uh, the, we have to obey John fifteen. You you have to obey the commands. It's not good enough to say, I believe. You actually have to obey. Like, that's right out of our Lord's mouth in John 15. You know, you have to obey the commandments passed on.
3: Yeah, and the other thing about the England church, I mean, yeah, the England church is accepting of homosexual relations, homosexual relationships. But the problem is the church has no authority to do uh, something that our Lord has disallowed. Well, this is what uh, the
4: point I was going to make is if you think about this, it's hard. Cuz if we were going to invent a church, right? If I was going to invent a church, I guarantee there'd be a lot of things that I would not include that are included, right? Like uh, you know, whether it was sexual sexual issues or, or other issues, you know, if I was in just inventing stuff, well I would not have any of these uh, these things in there because they're hard. But the reality is they're there because they're true. And they're there they're because they were passed on. And we have, as our Lord says, we have to obey. It's not a choice. It's not, um, we have a choice to obey or not to obey, but the reality is consequences come with these choices. And if we choose not to obey, well, then we accept the consequences that come with those choices. And I have to live my life uh, according to this truth that's passed on. And I don't get, a, I don't get a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. And if you come down to it, you think about charity, right? And today's passage in the gospel was so... Uh, chock full of having charity for others. <clears throat> and praise be to God. Judgment, right? Not judging others. Well, judging their eternal destiny. But yet we are called, as Jesus points out in John 15 and other uh, places in the New Testament, we can judge a, fruit, uh, a tree by its fruit. And it would lack charity if we simply accepted people in their current state of sin and didn't do anything to help them. Imagine if I saw someone in a car that fell off a road and is in a, in, a, in, a, in a lake or a pond or a ditch or something, and the water's filling up and the person's begging for help, and I did nothing. Imagine that. Imagine if I did nothing to help them, right? Kind of like that story back in Philadelphia a month ago of those people on the train watching and filming a woman be, being sexually assaulted by a man, with their cameras and they didn't even call 911 let alone jump on the dude and get him off of her they did nothing imagine if we did that that would lack charity but so now if i have a neighbor who's living in a state of sin Maybe they don't understand that. Maybe they don't fully, aren't fully aware of it. Maybe they aren't fully uh, conscious of the state that they're actually in, but I can see the flames pouring out of their house, and I don't do anything to help them. I just accept them where they are and do nothing else. That lacks great charity. Where would be the love for this person? God loves every single human person on planet Earth. There's no exception to the rule. Not one exception to the rule. God loves every single person on planet Earth. However, God is not going to make slaves of anyone on planet Earth. Not a, no, he's not going to force you to do the right things. He has provided you access to grace, to truth itself, to right reasoning and to logic, and he has sent his apostles into the world to preach these things, commanding them to go and make disciples of all nations, to teach everything that he has commanded. And yet, if we fail to preach the truth in season and out, as uh, Pope, oh, I think it is, even Paul VI wrote in Evangelii Nunciandi, we have to use words. Because if we fail to do so, where is the charity for those people living in a state that is harmful to their souls, let alone their psychology, their emotional state, their physical state, and everything else? The souls are the preeminent issue. We can't act and believe as though this earth has everything we need, and this is our destiny, is this earth, because it's not. The second coming means that all of materialism gets consumed in fire and then born again, right? Uh, so that day
3: is coming, and we have to act as though that matters because it does. Uh, Sonia asked, how can we help without offending, without judging? Um, well, I mean, so for one, we, there, in one sense we can in one sense we can't. And the sense that we can't is the fact that the, our Lord's message, he very much explicitly told us it's going to be offensive to people. Our Lord's message, his teaching, is going to be hard. It's a hard saying. Who can accept this? It's going to be a summing block to the Jews. It's going to be a scandal to the Gentiles. And and so, yeah, we, it will be offensive, and it will seem judgmental. At the same time, we don't need to be unnecessarily offensive. We don't have to start insulting people and yelling at people and being uh, jerks about it. Uh, so there's in the sense that, in that we should deliver things with charity, with love, that we should uh, tell the truth. We shouldn't lie to people because... Lying is not charitable. Lying is a sin. And uh, personally, I'm, I'm of the opinion that all lying is a sin, um, but that's a debatable topic. But I, that's what I fall under. But, yeah, so we, we cannot choose to abandon the truth and to reject the truth and to, uh, and to prevent ourselves from telling people the gospel message that will bring about their salvation yeah. out of fear of offending someone and a fear of seeming judgmental. But we have to be able to understand these things. We have to be able to deliver these things. But the idea here is saying, well, let's, let's deliver this. Let's talk about this. And let's deliver it. And there's a different context and different ways that we talk to people. So if we are talking to someone uh, one-on-one, you would treat them differently than if you're talking to a group. And if you're talking to an audience, it's different from whenever you're talking to someone that you know personally or a stranger. Because if you know a stranger, well, let's, let's find out what's actually going on. Like, for instance... Um, you talk to someone, and you may just have an assumption about them based off of something they say. But you, we don't actually know what kind of situation. What are they actually struggling with? I was talking to somebody recently um, who was talking to struggling with their with the Catholic faith, and they were asking about it. They were atheist, and they were struggling with the idea of the Catholic faith, and they were asking questions. And one of my friends was like jumping on them and was like trying to deliver all these apologetic notes and things like this. And I was like, "Well, hold on, hold on. What exactly?" Are you asking? Like, what is your? What are you actually wanting to know? Because we start delivering these things, and people are in different places. Especially when we talk about uh, people uh, that are struggling, we either with a a moral teaching, a theological teaching, a philosophical teaching, or maybe these other things are a result of some other thing unrelated. And so we we ended up finding out about this guy who is an atheist and who was struggling with these things. He didn't actually he wasn't actually an atheist in terms of like, he was an intellectual atheist. He was a practical atheist because he just like, he like, I just never heard any good reason to believe in God. Right. And it just, you know, just it's easier for me to just be an atheist. And when we talked to him, he was like, but I'm really amazed and I'm really impressed. And why I'm asking you this is because I'm, we're hanging out with all these guys here and, it seems like you guys are all having fun. You guys are all enjoy each other's company. You guys don't all get along, but at the same time, you're all charitable to one another, and you all laugh, and you're not related to each other. You don't go to the same school. You don't go to the same church. But what's the thing that is, is consistent among you guys? And it's that we're all Catholic, and we all love the faith. Yeah. We have uh, just about a couple minutes left in
4: our conversation here in the after show. Praise be to God. I want to say real quick, because we're running out of time, Sci-Fi Mike. Good morning to you, brother. Uh, it was good to meet you. I really enjoyed hanging out with you and uh, and uh, and having a chat. That was super cool. So praise be to God. Thank you for for coming. And it was it was beautiful. I mean, it was, the wind was pretty insane though towards the end there. I mean, it was it was biting. It was by, very biting. But it was a great opportunity to offer up sacrifices and sufferings, not only for uh, the victims of abortion, for the mothers, the fathers, and all of that, but also for the bishops too. Um, so great opportunity to offer up much there. Mike says we cannot love people into hell. That is not love. Yay and amen to that. Praise be to God. Um let's see. Uh Colin says we are all God's children. Iron sharpens iron. Yay and amen. Fizz, you're welcome to come back uh tomorrow. We we always stop at the top of the hour, so uh we're almost out of time. I don't know what your question is. You're welcome to ask a question. Praise be to God. We we love having the questions here, but uh not a lot of time to conversate about it is the only problem. But uh, you can. I'll be posting. I'm going to do like a vlog kind of thing with some of the footage that I filmed from my trip to Baltimore. So I'm going to be working on putting that together and having that available on the, um, on the, um, uh, on the channel. So hopefully I'll get that done very soon. We'll have to see. Uh, either way, praise be to Jesus and all things. We're very grateful for everybody hanging out with us. Uh, it's always been a wonderful thing. Again, let me just say from going back to the first hour conversation with what's concerning us. If someone ever says to you, hey, I never hear Catholic radio talking about X, Y, or Z, you say, no, that's not true. I heard it on Catholic Drive Time all the time. We cover the big stories. We don't uh, we don't hold back from the difficult topics. We talk about them. We try to have some charity. Sometimes we're we're, we're, uh, we're a little bit uh, emotional. At least I'm spoken for myself. But we don't neglect the difficult topics just because they're difficult. All right? Praise be to God. Tell a friend. I'd be very grateful to you. God bless you all. Yay and amen. Next time Alan says, let's talk about survival training and cold weather. <laughs> Praise be to Jesus. Have a great day, everybody. God bless you. God love you. Obey Jesus's commands because he expects you to do that and commands you to do that. You can do that.